The New Orleans Saints might have lost their final preseason matchup against the Houston Texans, but in many ways, they still won. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's live postcast episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And as always, if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, as well as take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, inside information, and early access, make sure you head over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. NOLA on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credentialed member of the media. You can find me as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday and then some on Locked on Saints. And welcome in to another live postcast episode of Locked on Saints. We're burning the midnight oil quite literally this evening after a late game wraps up between the New Orleans Saints and the Houston Texans. On today's postcast episode, we're going to be taking a look at some of the biggest questions the New Orleans Saints have to answer this upcoming week, especially after big performances by, and I mean this when I say it, Hemi Graham and many others. But first, I want to start off with the rookies that showed up big time, including a rookie that a lot of Saints fans were really hoping to see some major progress from going into the final week of the preseason and training camp. Brian Brzee, the New Orleans Saints first round rookie, and that rookie that I mentioned who people were hoping to see that step forward with second round selection defensive end Isaiah Foskey. Both of these players had themselves a game this evening against the Houston Texans. And while both of them still have room left to grow, especially Foskey, who still had a little bit of an up and down day, but his ups and his tops were up there amongst the best that we have seen from him so far, including and kind of capping off a last week of practice as well as leading into this preseason game where things really kind of started to click for him. It was his best week of practice, I think is safe to say, over the course of this week. And in him capping it off with a really nice performance in this preseason game was outstanding for the young rookie out of Notre Dame. He had one tackle as well as an assisted tackle, so he comes up with two combined tackles that way. But most importantly, a sack as well as a tackle for a loss and a hit on the quarterback. We saw Foskey in the backfield a couple of times. Him and Brian Brzee even got to the quarterback at the same time on one snap, along with the guy that just keeps making some noise, Nico Lalos, the guy nobody's talking about in that backfield and in that uh, uh, along that defensive line, excuse me, as well. So it was great to sort of see this from Isaiah Foskey, a guy who has been mostly kind of, I don't want to say absent, but... You know, you've been waiting to kind of see him maybe turn the corner a little bit quicker or maybe not turning it as quickly as you thought. So you were hoping for him to turn the corner here soon. And so I think we saw some good steps forward from him today. I asked 
head coach Dennis Allen about Isaiah Foskey and the steps forward that he has seen from him. And uh, one of the things that he mentioned was that, look, he's still a rookie. He's still got some things that he's developing and growing with, of course, but he's encouraged by the development of Isaiah Foskey and the way that he has kind of come along over the course of the latter part of training camp. So they're seeing more and more things that they like from him, but still more and more things for the young buck to show, of course, as well. Now, of course, we've got, uh, along with Isaiah Foskey, the first round pick and Brian Brzee, who showed out big time in the backfield a couple of times on a couple of, you know, sacks and plays there. But he got back there off of a wicked spin move getting into the backfield. Those are the things that you love to see from a Brian Brzee and exactly what you wanted to see from him. It was an illustration of everything that every New Orleans Saints player has told us over and over again. And every coach has told us over and over again when we ask about Brian Brzee, he moves a lot more nimbly than you expect at his size. He packs a lot of athleticism. I asked Malcolm Roach after the game today in his post-game presser what he thought about uh, Brian Brzee's spin move, and he looked at me and just straight up went, did you see that? <laughs> so clearly, the Saints are very, very excited about what they got in the first round with Brian Brzee, and that excitement is just growing more and more, especially after performance like today where he wrapped up his day uh, with uh, a tackle as well as getting into the backfield for uh, for a sack and then getting there for uh, a tackle for a loss as well. So he was a very busy player uh, in that backfield. There's kind of been some back and forth between the half sack for him and was it him and Isaiah Foskey? Was it him and Nico Lalos? So maybe depending upon the stat sheets that we look at as I'm looking at a more updated stat sheet now that's showing that they didn't actually credit him for a sack. But him continuously in the backfield over and over again, him pulling off those wicked spin moves and showing you is what it is that he can do uh, is absolutely a benefit to the New Orleans Saints. You can see the way that things are going uh, with the young rookie. So a lot of promising stuff from both Brian Brzee as well as Isaiah Foskey against the Houston Texans and effectively exactly what you wanted to see from them in terms of their development and showing you, hey, the game's not too fast for us. The game is slowing down. We're making some plays. So it was great to see that from him. Um, and uh, I think the next thing that you want to see from these guys is their ability to be able to show you what they can do against top-level competition. Let's face it, they made these plays against second, third-string type guys. So can they do it against the starters and all that? That's going to be the next thing you're looking at. And I think you can easily ask that same question about uh, Nico Lalos as well, who is a guy that just continues to make noise. Uh, one other good rookie that really stood out over on the defensive side today, as well as on special teams, was Jordan Howden. Uh, if you're an everydayer here, you know very well that Jordan Howden is a guy that I was highly anticipating going into this game or going into this season. He's somebody that uh, folks have spoken very highly about because of his versatility, as well as the way that he sees the field in front of him. Very experienced, not only at safety, but in the slot and on special teams as well. We saw him come up with two special teams tackles in this game, adding as well uh, a tackle over on the defensive side, one to where he had to be kind of that last line of defense and make a stop. So really, really good stuff there. And a lot of good showings from a lot of young guys. Uh, uh, you know, Nick Anderson had a solid game. Lucas Kroll probably had his best game as a New Orleans Saint so far here in his second year. We're going to look at him here in just a second especially as we get to kind of breaking down what we saw from uh, from Jimmy Graham, or excuse me, Hemi Graham, as he reminded the rest of the world on national television in this one. But Malcolm Roach also had a great game. It's where he had uh, the tackle as, or excuse me, the sack, as well as the forced fumble, also added a tackle for a loss 
he is making my you know breakout player prediction for him feel more and more, making me more and more confident in that prediction on a game-by-game, week-by-week basis throughout all of these practices. So really great stuff from the young rookies who showed up and showed out. Now let's take a look at some of the biggest questions that the Saints have to answer as roster cuts loom. The Saints, as well as the rest of the NFL teams out there, will have to reduce their rosters from 90 all the way down to 53 by Tuesday afternoon. When will it start? And what are some of the biggest questions that they'll need to answer? We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. This postcast live episode, got it coming up for you uh, here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has my favorite format of fantasy football because I have a busy schedule. So it's great to have something like best ball where you just do one snake draft, no waivers, no trades, no in-season roster management. You set your lineup once, then you forget all about it. And underdog optimizes your lineup so that your best scoring players always leap up to the top and count towards your week scoring. Whoever's got the most points by the end of the week, boom, you're the winner. And right now you could try it out with underdog's best ball mania tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time, back bigger than ever, $15 million in prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million up for grabs for the winner. So visit underdogfantasy.com or find the app in the app store, sign up, use the promo code Locked On, and you're going to be able to get that first deposit that you put down doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. What time is it? It's Game Time. Game Time is the perfect app. If you're somebody like me who waits until the very, you know, who doesn't want to have to plan months in advance, I want to be able to to make the spontaneous decision to go and see my favorite thing or your favorite uh, event, whether it's sports or music or comedy or theater, whatever it might be. You can find it all in the Game Time app. You can get tickets in a matter of seconds. It's like two clicks and then you're done. You've got your seat. And when you pick your seats, you're going to be able to get images so that you know exactly what to expect before you even arrive. So snag your tickets without the stress by using the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app today, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL. You're going to get $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, everybody, we're wrapping up this live postcast episode of Locked on Saints. I like to keep these postcasts short, but don't worry. We're going to have a brand new episode up for you tomorrow morning around 9 a.m. Central Time with my final 53-man roster projections for the initial 53-man roster. And that brings us right to where we want to land and finish up today's show is with a look at the biggest questions that the Saints are going to have to answer and the kind of the toughest calls they're going to have to make Uh, when it comes to this 53-man roster. And one of the big question marks that has been around the New Orleans Saints over the course of the past couple of weeks, past couple over past month or so, has been the addition of Jimmy Graham. Was he brought in just to be a guy that they were going to get a look at and kind of kick the tires on? Or was he brought in to be a guy that made the 53-man roster? And I've been pretty stout on this one saying that, look, the roster spot isn't guaranteed, but he doesn't have to do a lot to win that roster spot, and today we saw why. The big 25-yard catch where he just simply out-muscled and told whoever it was, the Houston Texans defender that might get cut now after that play, uh, basically like, look, I'm bigger than you'll ever be, so let me just get this ball up out of here real quick. 
And then right after that wraps up the, 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 the drive with this big time touchdown in the red zone. Look, a three yard touchdown probably doesn't look great on a stat sheet or whatever. It doesn't look sexy on a stat sheet. But when you watch the touchdown, you see that Jimmy Graham, all six foot seven of them still in there, ready to make these big jump ball, basketball above the rim type plays. And you saw him, you know, come in, get that little pass over on the outside, beautifully placed by Jameis Winston, by the way, got to give him props for that. Beautifully placed to the outside. He goes up there. He makes that catch, shows you that he is not just Jimmy Graham, but he is Hemi Graham to, to, to that player and his mama, whoever's defender that was, it doesn't matter. Him, me, Graham. It was a fantastic play. And you saw the defender fall over to the ground because he got kind of rocked up a little bit by that. You know, he kind of got, you know, rocked up the, the little hip, the little hip that Jimmy put on him, that, that, that gluteus Jimmyus knocked him right down on the ground, coming up with a touchdown. It was a fantastic play. And I, I got to tell you, Superdome went nuts. Superdome went nuts. It was only like half attendance, but it sounded like full attendance there for a little while. Uh, and it was a ton of fun. So it was a cool moment for, uh, for Jimmy, but then it was also a cool moment for the Saints. It was an awesome, nostalgic moment for Saints fans, I'm sure, uh, as well. But you know, that brings us to one of the first big questions that the Saints will have to answer is, what do they do at tight end? You've got Jimmy Graham. Excuse me. My apologies. You've got Hammy Graham. Uh, you've also got, of course, Juwan Johnson, Foss Moreau, Taysom Hill. Are those going to be your four? Do you try to find a way for uh, Lucas Kroll, who had like the game of his life for the New Orleans Saints? Seven catches, 106 yards. The, the, the reception percentage got a little bit weaker towards the end because Jake Hayner just kind of zeroed in on him a little bit, kind of started to force feed him. So some of those targets started to rack up to where you could see that that receiving percentage come down. But Lucas Kroll himself had a fantastic game in this one. So what is he? Where does he end up? Uh, I do think that there's a chance here that the, that the Saints can get him to the practice squad. But with a big showing like that, when you've got you know the change in tight ends all around the NFL to where you want the guys that can catch passes, I'm sure he put himself on the map for a couple of other teams too. So we'll see how that ends up going for him. The other biggest question that the Saints will have to answer is what's going to happen at kicker here? You have Blake Groupie uh, nail a 30-yarder, nail a 50-yarder, missed a 60-yarder. You got to imagine that a 60-yarder, like the percentages are already so low that you probably don't hang that above his head. But was that, but had he made that 60-yarder, that might have made things a little bit more interesting between he and Will Lutz. I, I still think that it's Will Lutz here. I think that the Saints have shown you over and over again that they're more than willing to stick with what they know as opposed to go with what they're learning. Uh, and, and, and that could lead to Will Lutz holding on to his spot, which is something that he would deserve uh, versus Blake Groupie, who is surely going to get another opportunity out there somewhere in the NFL. Um, when it comes to these big questions, you're also looking at wide receivers, right? John Trey Kirkland had himself a nice game today, uh, consistently all over the field, making some plays. He had five catches for 63 yards, had some nice yards after catch. You can see the threat that he presents. I think he's firmly a practice squad guy, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, if you're going up against maybe a bigger defense, you know, in terms of secondary or something like that, and you want another speed guy that can make some guys miss and pick up some yards after catch. Maybe that's a place where John Trey Kirkland sees some elevation from the practice squad. What about the competition here that kind of is between Shaq Davis and Traquan Smith? I only say it kind of is because Shaq Davis is on the field, right? He's playing. Traquan Smith was on the sideline after you know, for this game, so clearly that rehab is moving on. But Dennis Allen was asked about, I believe it was Brooke Kirchhofer from over at New Orleans.Football that asked all about it, um, that he's still not really there yet, right? So does that mean that Traquan Smith 
is one of those guys that makes the 53, goes to injured reserve for the first three weeks, and then Shaq Davis gets put on the active roster. Do the Saints keep six receivers? Do they only keep five wide receivers? Does the great play of guys like Nick Anderson and DeMarco Jackson uh, in, uh, in on special teams, does that make it so that the Saints keep an extra linebacker who can contribute on special teams as opposed to an extra wide receiver that can't or doesn't or might not or may contribute or does contribute on special teams? That's going to be really, really tough as well. But I'm all about Shaq Davis making this club and being a part of that 53-man roster. But we'll have to see how the New Orleans Saints go all about that. Um, yeah, A.T. Perry's on that list too, but that's no surprise. He was a draft pick. Yeah, I, he was going to make the roster, I think, no matter what, especially because they they traded Adam Troutman away to get him. You trade away a player to draft a player, that player is probably sticking around. The other two big questions, they were kind of hanging around. I didn't think this one was much of a question, uh, but quarterback two, right? What were the New Orleans Saints going to do when it came to Jake Hayner as well as Jameis Winston? Uh, Jake Hayner played a rough, rough game today. Two interceptions, some some faulty decision making, airmailed a couple of passes, really kind of was had his eyes glued to specific targets that kind of gave stuff away. If you're a sub, you know, if you're part of the subtext crew, you saw that in the film study that we did. It doesn't really kind of locks in on guys a little bit too much. Look, Jake Hayner had a rough game. I, I, I've already seen some people say, oh, he's a waste of a fourth round pick. Like, let let's not be ridiculous here. The kids, he's a rookie. You're going to see some of the growing pains there. And at least you're seeing the growing pains now. He's got a whole other year now to sit back, soak in some information and all that stuff. But it's very clear that Jameis Winston is your QB two. People were entertaining the idea of maybe trading him away so that you can have Jake Hayner as your QB two. Lean on the NFL experience. Lean on the guy that's not only played in your system, but won in your system before. Jameis Winston should be the QB2 for the New Orleans Saints. I think that question was a little bit further answered than it already was with today's preseason game. And then finally, I think we now know who the cornerback two is opposite Marshawn Lattimore based on not who did play tonight, but who didn't. Paulson Adebo did not suit up this evening. He wasn't hurt, wasn't a scratch, nothing like that. Alante Taylor did suit up. Alante Taylor is safe. He's on the roster. He's a lock. But that competition between Adebo and Taylor looks to be settled. Adebo not taking any snaps tonight seems to indicate that he's going to be the starting corner opposite Marshall Lattimore. I've had Adebo firmly in the lead throughout the entirety of camp so far, so this is not very surprising at all. But it was great to get a little bit more of a look at Alante Taylor. He had a great pass breakup down the field but also gave up a big catch in the red zone uh, you know, later on in the game, stuff like that. So you love seeing you know, these two guys in, in their battle, and, and it's clear that each of them have been made better by competing with one another, and that's just as much an important moment and an important thing for the New Orleans Saints defense as it is you know, whoever actually landed that spot. Both of these guys clearly got better over the course of the offseason, and you love to see it. So those are some of the biggest question marks that still remain for the New Orleans Saints, but we think we have some idea where things are going. Dennis Allen reportedly told uh, some folks during the Fox broadcast that um, 48 or so spots are already filled up, or 45 or so spots are already filled up on this roster, and that there's about eight spots left to go that are up for up for grabs. We'll see who gets those spots. I'm going to give you my final 53-man roster projection in tomorrow's episode. You're an everydayer. You don't want to miss that. I appreciate you. As always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Make sure you come back for that 53-man roster projection. 
as well as a couple of other updates from this preseason game. Uh, but I appreciate you as always for coming through. I see y'all. we got 200 people here at nearly 1 a.m. Central Time. There's no fan base like it. There's no fan base like the Houdat Nation. I don't want to hear from nobody. Everybody else can argue with the wall. I appreciate y'all so much for coming through and, of course, making Locked On Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. Big shout out to Paul. Big shout out to AJ as well for saying hi tonight. I, I really, really love when people take the time to do that. Y'all have changed my life. And uh, here we go. We've got a whole new season to do a lot more with it. So I appreciate you as always. Make sure you say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.